Hey, so one uh, news story in the wrestling world is John Moxley has evidently entered uh, a rehabilitation program of some kind. Let's see here. Let me take a look. Uh, who Tony Khan. Tony Khan, the owner, president, CEO, and GM of AEW. Uh, he wrote 13 hours ago, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose at WWE, if anybody's curious, uh, who's a guy I was just talking about on last week's podcast or some sometime recently. Yeah, it was, la- was it just last week? No, that was just last week. Today's the third. It was just a week ago that I went to AEW. That seems like a three months ago. Tony Khan writes on Twitter, or tweets, Tony Khan tweets, uh, John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he's entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee, who's his wife, Renee Young, Renee Paquette, and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. I'm proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a fan of Mox and look forward to a time in the future when he is eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to Sam HSA's National Helpline, 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-4357. Yeah, so that's, uh, it's pretty sad. It's interesting. Um... When he also says, John is making a very brave choice to get help. We're embracing his choice and supporting him however we can. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's uh, some big news out of the wrestling world. Not not fun news. So you want to you want the wrestling news to just be about the shit that's on TV on the on the product, the storylines and things like that. And oh, this wrestler's coming to AEW. This wrestler's going to WWE. This wrestler's di- whatever you know all that. Just the good stuff, the light, the light and fluffy. The reasons that we watch pro wrestling. And, yeah, so usually, I mean, the good news is usually a lot of times the sad news coming out of the pro wrestling world is that somebody died. Uh, and in this last year, we had uh, no shortage of that. We always There's always deaths every year in pro wrestling. It sucks. Uh, what do we have last year? I'm trying to think. Pat Patterson was one. I, I want to say that was like January, February. It wasn't wasn't too long ago. Maybe it was maybe it was late twenty twenty. Uh, you know, but he was not a young guy, but not uh, not old, not old, not young. He, but he was yeah, well, he was pretty old. He was I think he was I think he had hit eighty, didn't he? Certainly in his in his mid to late seventies. I think close to eighty, if not over over the age of eighty. So in wrestler years, that's like two hundred and four years old. So he lived a long life, Pat Patterson, and he passed away uh, sometime last year. And uh, the the big one that comes to mind is John Huber, who was Luke Harper in WWE and who was uh, the – oh, my God. I, the, the, I, just, I just lost – I lost him. Brody Lee, but what was he called? The Exalted One. What a, that was such a great name. That was such a great character too. Getting getting to really shine uh, as his own character, not as a tag team or a uh, you know just one of a, a member of a group, but the leader of a group, and then to and then the week that they were supposed to go to his hometown of Rochester, and he was supposed to make his debut. You know he he was going to make his first appearance in Rochester at AEW, and then the pandemic hit, and so they never got to go to Rochester. If the if the lockdowns had started a week later, he would have gotten to have a a great 
response is hometown. I mean, that's just what a sucky, you know, everybody had a, a lot of people had a pretty sucky year, but poor John Huber not only misses his chance to make his, his big debut in Rochester, uh, but then later that year, he has to, I think October of last year, early October was his last in-ring appearance. Uh, and then he kind of, he just kind of quietly goes away. And that happens a lot in wrestling. People get injured and they, you know, they go and then a few months later they come back. And oftentimes there's so much going on in wrestling that you, sometimes it takes a few weeks to even realize that somebody's not there on television. Um, even if they're a big part of the storylines, there's just so much happening. You know, I had a harder time uh, trying to think of the people that weren't at the AEW show that I went to. And I couldn't, you know, there were a few, like I said, Christian Cage and uh, I guess that Lance Archer, the, the murder hawk monster, I think they call him. Uh, and then, you know, a few others. But really, I, I'm like, wow, I'm, you know, there's like, oh, this name's here. This name. I forgot about Sting and then Sting shows up. I'm like, holy shit, that's Sting. I forgot Sting's in AEW. So there's, you know, big names that you just, you can overlook because there's just so many names on the, on the card. Um, so John Mox uh, or, or, or John Huber, the exalted one, Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee, wrestled sometime in October and then, uh, and then was out for a while. And you just, you think, okay, he'll, he'll be back. And then they announced in December, uh, I want to say, uh, it was right, I think it was like just before Christmas that he died, because I believe it was the AEW Dynamite episode after Christmas, where they did a tribute to uh, to John Huber. So anyways, there's two, two, you know, Pat Patterson, John Huber, uh, there was Daphne died a couple months ago by suicide, which is, you know, just a, that was, yeah, that was tough because she went on Instagram live and, uh, it wasn't, you know, that was a bad, bad, bad scene. Um, she didn't, it didn't happen on Instagram live, but she went on Instagram live, uh, shortly before, uh, whatever happened to her happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, wrestling's a really tragic fucking business. <laughs> it's just, it's a tough business. It's, uh, it's yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. One day, you're on top of the world making a ton of money. You're on national television. The next day, you're not. And you may never get back there again. It's a really tough fucking thing. There's not everyone gets to be <laughs> Hulk Hogan and John Cena and The Rock uh, and, and Steve Austin and these guys, you know, there's, there's a couple, there's, there's one of each of them. So do the math. The odds are, are, are not great. It doesn't mean you can't go there and, and work really hard and become a star, but boy, uh, they just come and go. So anyways, it's a tough fucking business. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. Cause I watched that show roads. Is it roads to the top? The reality show. It's not a very good show. Um, but I, I watched it because it's like you know, I'll take you know I'll take wrestling stuff. It's I, I like to watch a, a wrestling reality show, and then I usually catch a few episodes, and then I'm done. Just the same with I, I enjoyed watching Total Divas. I never watched Total Bellas because I can't stand the Bellas, but Total Divas was good because you got to see it wasn't just the girls doing their thing. You know, there was some of that crappy reality show, trashy sort of drama and the usual shit that's just so friggin 
put on and contrive, but you got to see some of the backstage stuff with the wrestlers, and I, I love that stuff. So I watched that Roads to the Top because you saw some of the backstage and, and that kind of thing. And By the way, Cody Rhodes' sister, who is insufferable, Teal Rhodes, I guarantee you she will have a spinoff show. It's going to be called Red, White, and Teal. I, I, this is nothing. This is just coming out of my own speculation. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, you heard it here on the Birthday Boy podcast. Uh, I, I, I just foresee in my crystal ball that there will be sometime in the next year or two some kind of show on TNT or TBS or True TV or one of those Turner own things, and it'll be called Red, White, and Teal. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you that's the show because she's gotten the most reaction from anything. Any of the wrestlers or even Cody Rhodes or Brandy Rhodes or anybody else, the the reaction, uh, the person who's getting the biggest reaction is Teal Rhodes, Cody's uh, cunty sister. Anyway, I was watching that Rhodes to the top and it shows Brandy Rhodes and she's backstage and she's talking to John Moxley. She's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, well, I'm hungover. And they kind of chuckle about it. Like we've all been there. We all have those days. We come to the office, come to work after after maybe going a little too overboard the night before when we shouldn't have on a on a weeknight, on a work night, on a Sunday maybe we say, oh, here's the cure for those Sunday scaries. I'll have a I'll pop open a little bottle of red. Uh, so it's like okay, no big deal. But I, you know, it's funny because I went to that AEW live event last week, the Dynamite. And Moxley, I kind of brushed over. I was giving my recap. I kind of brushed over Moxley's match because it was it wasn't a very long. It was like he came out, he wrestled for gosh maybe two minutes, and then he left. And there was no. And I thought like I'm not a huge fan, so maybe that's what his character does these days. But I seem to recall like the whole point of Moxley, like he makes his entrance through the crowd, and I thought his whole point was to come out through the crowd, and the crowd cheers, and he gets to be with his people. He's a man of the people, and he's with the crowd. And I didn't know if maybe his character was supposed to be just really angry that night and only focused on the match, very intense, because he came out. Again, the match was like a minute, two minutes. It was so short. Boom, bam, pin, one, two, three, match is over. Uh, hand, arms raised in victory, and then he got out of there just as quickly as he came. And I thought, that seems weird. Like, it's a big show in Boston. It's It just seemed like he came out really tunnel vision, didn't stop, didn't even look at the fans, didn't even really grandstand or do any of that stuff. And, again, maybe maybe that's not really what his character does. I didn't know. But I thought it was a very odd – I just thought it was odd. He came out and he wrestled the match and he was gone. And I thought, okay, well, that was a whole – a whole lot of nothing. He didn't even stop to like kind of celebrate with the fan. Just nothing. You got CM Punk like you know stage diving into the crowd, and all these other guys really acknowledging the fans and stuff. And uh, and and Moxley came out and it was like, yeah, he just did his thing. It was very uh, you know just down to business. Did what needed to be done and got the hell out of there. And so now, I, and I just remember thinking that, like, that was weird. That was just kind of a strange, strange thing that we just saw. Like, he just didn't seem seem to really be 
doing what most wrestlers do when they're on television and what certainly John Moxley has been known to do on television, which is, uh, yeah, being a wrestler, being an inter- being a showman, you know, showing off for the camera, for the fans, hamming it up. He didn't do any of those things. Came, did, went. And, and I, so, I mean, I guess less than a week later, the guy's uh, going into rehab with uh, like a week and a half. He was, I think he was supposed to come out and win. He was in that tournament. He won the, the match that he won last week was the tournament. I guess he was supposed to win the match tonight in the tournament and go on to the to the finals of the tournament on the big pay per view. That's only in about what ten days, nine days. Uh so obviously. It's you know, look, it's not good. <laughs> One guy goes, he's dude's got a problem, and the good news is that the dude has a problem and is acknowledging that he has a problem, and is stepping back and saying, "Hey, you know what? There's nothing more important than my health, being a dad, being a husband, being a human who is alive." Uh, and so that's that's the right thing, and whatever whatever helped push him in that direction to go get help was fucking great um because that's yeah it was i i know know, look the guy you go back to like 10 years ago when he was making his debut nine years ago with the shield and i i loved him when he debuted he just had a creepy sort of look to him different look different it was kind of old school i was really really into the guy and then they they turned him into a cartoon character jackass and uh and I've never really been into the guy since, you know, even in AEW as as Moxley, it's just it's just never done it for me. But I part of that is I look at him and I'm like, man, he just he doesn't look there's a there's a there's just something off. And I've always thought like, yeah, he doesn't look healthy and he doesn't look happy, and I don't know if that's just his character um because he's he's been kind of beefy <laughs> and uh, uh you know I, i'm i kind of sit there and i do what i do which is i just judge people you know I, I look the way i do and and then i sit there and i judge everyone else for how they look i'm like yeah moxley's kind of always well, kind of looks a little a little puffy a little you know sweaty i mean they're wrestlers they're all sweaty but uh it just it was a different look and a different feel and now it makes sense and look, I'm not uh, again. I, I, he's not my he's not my must see guy. He's really good. He's just not you know. He's never he's never been. I've never been a huge huge fan. But who gives a shit about that? Because uh, he's a he's a person, right? And he's got got some issues, and he needs to take care of them. And he's making the uh, making the efforts to go. And take care of that shit. So I, I hope for the best. But it's it's really interesting, just noting that uh, yeah, he just looked it just looked off. It just wasn't wasn't the usual. I've seen him live a lot, uh, mostly with with WWE when he was Dean Ambrose, and and there was yeah, this was just just not what I was used to seeing on television or live in person when I've seen John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose do his uh do his thing so yeah so i'm i'm happy for him in the sense that he needs clearly needs help uh and is clearly getting help so good good for him i hope 
it all works out. Because, man, the fucking the thing about wrestling that's just so shitty, they all die. So many of my favorite wrestlers are long, long gone. Macho Man Randy Savage has been dead for over 10 years. Ultimate Warrior has been dead for, I don't know, almost eight years. The Ultimate Warrior has been dead. Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, has been dead for almost 20 years. Owen Hart's been dead for over 20 years. Yokozuna, the British Bulldog, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, it's crazy. These guys have been, they're just long gone. So many of these guys, young and old. And, uh, yeah, you know, I went, I'm watching the Moxley match right now. I don't, it seems to be, it seems like the match is maybe a little bit longer than I remember, but, yeah, he's coming out, coming through the crowd. I, I, I think he's probably, I think the character, I think that's more of the character, like it's just all business, like let's go to, let's go to work. Crowd parts, he goes through the crowd, he's not stopping to, but maybe he doesn't do that. I don't watch enough Moxley. Oh, and he's, wow, he just tells, he just tells this kid, get the fuck out of the way. Well, I don't know if he said that. He's coming through the crowd. Let me watch this again. He goes through the, the ring barrier. I, I think there's a guy. He's just standing there. Ooh, he, yeah, there was a fan blocking his entrance. And I don't think the kid really knew that he was necessarily blocking his entrance. And Moxley just kind of pulled him out of the way. And he looks pissed. He just looks, uh, I know he's supposed to be, he's just supposed to be like pissed off for the sake of like, that's my char- That's his character. He's kind of a pissed off guy. But there was just something, yeah, I don't know. There was just something different to me of, of compared to what I'm used to. And I just thought maybe that's just the character. Maybe that's just what the character's like now because I don't follow John Moxley all that much. And honestly, I don't get to watch every episode of AEW. I wish I had time, but I don't. But it was a it was a quick match, and, and then he was done, and then he was out of there. And, uh, yeah, anyway. All the best. I hope he gets. Uh, I hope he gets well. I hope he recovers. I hope he gets well. I hope it all uh, it all works out. Because the dude just had a you know, he's a brand new father. And he's got a lot going for him. So you don't want to. You, you don't want to have these things. We've had enough. It, like too much fucking tragedy. You think too. Like I know it's a it's a demanding business. But you know what? Like everything is a demanding business, and you don't have. Look how tough it is to be in the NFL, a major league, you know, a, a sports pro athlete. Look how tough it is to do like there's a lot of shit that's really tough to do. And you don't have the rate of death and suicide and drug addiction and all this stuff like you have in the wrestling business. I think maybe maybe next to the wrestling business is probably the probably the music industry, but really when when in the last you know, 25 years, have you really seen major, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I guess we did see like uh, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington and a number of other guys, fairly recent. Uh, yeah. Scott Weiland, right? Um, is that his name? STP? Yeah. So we've seen those guys. I mean, those are, those are all kind of like 90s, early 2000s. Uh, who started out when when things were maybe different? I don't know, but but really the the rock and roll, the music industry, and the wrestling industry are, are the two. But you would think like the music industry is 
it's kind of different because it's not like you go and you I mean yeah you work for a record label but you can kind of you can kind of do your own thing at a at a certain point the wrestling industry you work for a wrestling company you just think there would be something and I think AEW is that something that's trying to change the way that the business has been done cuz look at I mean you know Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon is really like he's standing he's standing on a pile of corpses at the top of that billionaire mountain of his he really is, you know, he he's the last person to say that, but the amount of money that he's made off of so many of these wrestlers who, yes, they made a decent amount of money for a short period of time, many of them. Many of them had maybe three good years and then done, out, go on to, you know, drive a tow truck or something. True, I mean, seriously. Um, and now there's more ways for wrestlers to to monetize themselves after that all comes to an end. You know, you can, Christ, if you become famous for three years in WWE and then it all comes to an end, you could probably, you could probably make a pretty healthy living off of Cameo and going to Comic-Cons and things like that, wrestling conventions and selling autographs and doing that kind of thing, I'm sure. Having a tell-all podcast. I mean, there's ways to do it that just either didn't exist in the 80s and 90s or or nobody really was nobody was giving wrestlers uh you know nobody no publishing company wanted wrestler books and then in the 90s that's starting in the late 90s with like Mick Foley and Jericho and others and then and now every wrestler has a book they all have a John Moxley I think just came out with a book like today or yesterday or something but it's it's been just such a brutal it's such a brutal business you know, the difference when you say like, oh, NFL, it's tough to play in the NFL. It's tough to play in the NBA. Nonstop travel, nonstop practice and work and stuff. Yeah, and then every year it comes to an end for a little bit of time. You get to take a bit of a break. You get to have an off season. You get to go home. You get to, you don't get to spend every day with your family, but at least in the off season, you can certainly spend a heck of a lot more time with them and your friends, your family, your kids, your spouse, all that stuff. You can hang out by the pool. You can take a little vacation. You can recharge, hit the gym, take care of yourself. Well, there's no off season in wrestling, and it's not a it's not a business that uh, that lends itself to an off season. I've always said you got a company when WWE in 2002 when they did the first draft when they split the brands and they had one roster on Monday Night Raw and they had one roster on SmackDown. I remember thinking, why don't they? Why don't they just have a brand and why don't you just give these guys some time off during the year? Like maybe everybody, maybe it's all hands on deck from January through the beginning of April, like WrestleMania season, Royal Rumble through WrestleMania, kind of like if you work in retail, you know, late, late October through the beginning of January, there's no, no days off, no vacations are going to be approved <laughs> you're you're all hands on deck we're in retail this is uh this is go time here and maybe wrestling does that from yeah from uh you know right after christmas maybe the beginning of january late january through wrestlemania maybe that's when wwe says you all have to be here no vacations no time off for these three months two three months and then after that maybe the other the other portion of the year, there's what another nine months out of the year. So maybe you get like after WrestleMania, maybe half of the roster takes 
uh, takes the next four months off. And then the other half of the ro- or I mean, you know what I mean. You, you take a, a third of the roster, give them three months off after WrestleMania. They come back. The, other, the second third of the roster takes that other three months off during the summer. And then they come back, and then the final third of the roster takes the other th- three months off, right? So everybody works the first, the first, let's say, Q1 of the year, all hands on deck. Everybody's working. Everybody's going on tour, doing the shows, doing everything. Then Q2, you've got, yeah, a third of the, the roster, go have your vacation. Q3, that third comes back, another third goes on vacation. And then Q4, same thing. That final group, you get to take off for October, November, December. And then we'll see everybody in in January. It's just fucking something like that, right? And I know it's not easy because people get injured and then you this and then that. But like, Jesus Christ, you have such a huge – Vince McMahon has, is a billionaire – his company just they make money. They're too you know, they're nobody's ever gonna be able to compete with them truly. I mean, AEW is going to come close. Uh, but still WWE is such a fucking juggernaut. And yeah, maybe you work that into people's contracts where you say, like, hey, we're giving you we're gonna give you three months off during the year and we're gonna pay you this much instead of uh instead of what we would pay you for working twelve months out of the year. And then maybe, maybe that's that's it. And then say, you know what, but we'll give you a percentage of merch sales and this and that. Just to, like, we're just so, like, anti-work-life balance from top to bottom, no matter what industry. So anti-quality of life. And I know the, the lifespan of most wrestlers is pretty short. So if you can go and just grind it out for three years, maybe try to make some bucks, maybe buy a nice house, try to pay for as much of it <laughs> as you can, pay it off as qu- in those three years. Uh, don't go crazy. Don't live beyond your means. Uh, yeah, you can probably, you can probably do okay. If you can, if you can, if you can pocket a, a couple million in those, in those few short years, if you can get, get far enough along between your merch and your, your contract and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, the old days were, the, there were no there were no guaranteed contracts, so you just if you weren't working, you weren't getting paid. So I guess that's the good thing. So fucking you know the NFL, but isn't that how the NFL? I mean, NFL football players aren't getting paid in the off season; they're getting paid for games, right? Like these these NFL guys that get a check for for whatever a few you know half a million dollars one week or a couple million dollars or whatever it is depending on what their what their contract is and yeah they'll get their they'll get their signing bonus and then they have endorsements and they have deals and stuff they get paid there's tons of ways for them to get paid if you become you know one of those you know a star athlete who can have jerseys and all that stuff merch but uh NFL you sign a contract and you get paid for the times that you're during the season so WWE, like, go sign a contract and maybe just, you know, like a teacher. Teachers teachers get July and August. They're off. But they get paid – well, they can either get paid during those months or they get paid only from September through June and their paycheck's just a little bit bigger, but then they just don't get paid during during the summer months. You can do that with wrestling. Anyway, there's 
there's got to be ways, and it seems like Tony Khan, it seems like AEW is trying to figure out ways. And WWE too. I mean, they do have a they have a program that like any any former wrestlers uh, who have worked for them can call them up and say, you know, I need I need rehab, I need you know drug rehab, alcohol rehab, whatever. And WWE pays for that stuff. They do, even though it's there's a lot of shittiness. You don't get uh, you know WWE wrestlers don't get health insurance and that kind of thing. But any anything that happens in the ring, uh, Vince McMahon is footing the bill for that. So I mean, there's you know, there's that. But still, it's such a, it's so tough, and there just it seems like there could be ways to make it not so shitty, like easy ways, easy fixes. Plus, imagine too, like when a wrestler is on your TV screen every single week. All the time, every match, every pay-per-view, there's there's old so-and-so, and you get tired of them. So imagine if some people, if there were some wrestlers who went away for three months every year. And you don't know what three months, but they're going to go away for three months. Aren't you going to be like really, really excited when they come back? If you're only seeing two-thirds of the of the roster at any given time, you're just like, oh man, I can't wait. So and so is going to be three more, you know, two more months, and so and so will come back finally. But oh, it's such a bummer because they're going to come back, and then this this one's going to go away. But it's all good because in January and February and March and the beginning of April, everybody's going to be there. They're like, it's it's also it might be good for the business, so you're not just shoving the same guys and girls down the audience's throat every single week all year 12 months out of the year because that's what happens you get tired of somebody then they get injured and then they go away or they leave the company they go to another company and then they finally come back and you have somebody that you might have been sick and tired of john cena is a great example john cena was at every show every match every week all the time for close to 20 years it was only about two years ago that we started seeing much, much less of John Cena. 2018, 2019. And then I've mentioned this a million times. Then John Cena comes back in Boston, February 2020, right before the pandemic. And he gets a hero's welcome. Which is to say, we missed you, John. And we appreciate you. And we didn't appreciate you when you were here. So we're glad to have you back. And then John Cena came back for, what, a month and a half, month, the summer of Cena. It was really like a month of Cena. But he was on every Raw and every SmackDown, and nobody cared because he hadn't been on any Raw or SmackDown in years. And we knew we were only getting him for, what, six, seven weeks, eight weeks at the most. So, like, maybe you could just do that with the WWE anyways, with a big enough roster just like give your wrestlers some time off. Just pay them. Pay them the fucking contract that they're worth and let them have some goddamn time off. They don't get any vacation. I mean, I guess they can get some little vacation time if they ask. But really, the wrestlers, the, the vacation time that they get is when they get injured. <laughs> That's when a wrestler gets time off. They have a major injury and they're going to be out, uh, whatever, six to nine months. And some of them are thrilled because they are they're they're at the burnout stage and now they get to go home and rest and be with their family 
But imagine if they knew every year that they could go home and rest and be with their family for three months like other athletes get to do. Yeah, it would be. Uh, what? But again, what do I know? I'm not a billionaire. I don't own a wrestling company. I just know how I feel if I'm working 12 months out of the year without a vacation because I've done that before. And you're going along and you get used to it. You get that, you build that sort of, uh, that muscle, so to speak, and you're just kind of used to it. And you're condi- you've conditioned yourself to not have any time off except the weekend and occasionally a holiday. You can have a three-day weekend. Cool. But I've gone years without taking a vacation and I know how fucking damaging it is. So I can imagine that these wrestlers who have to drive up and down the road and then they're either in a car, in a rental car, or in a plane, usually in coach, by the way. Most of these guys, you know, unless you're Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, John Cena, Triple H, a few of these others, uh, you're not in first class. And you're not you're not riding in the Vince McMahon's private plane. There's a few who get to do that. And most, you're riding coach, dude. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so you spend your whole year. There's no time off from that. And you spend your whole year doing that. Which, by the way, you wonder why these guys get addicted to pills and booze and drugs and women and, you know, all that stuff. It's because what else are you going to do? You can't see your family. You can't see your wife. You can't see your husband. You can't see anybody. You're just on the road. And, and yeah, they get a day or two off during the week. But they also don't because if they need to do, like, autograph sessions, a public appearance, a radio interview, television interview, uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> That's They're not like, oh, yeah, we have to, you need to do this and we'll give you an extra day off to make up for the – the the day you, uh, that you should have had off that you spent doing doing uh, publicity for the company. No, that's that comes with the territory. So I know how exhausting it can be. I can only imagine if I'm traveling all across the country, all across the planet, going from one town to another to another to another, uh, and then you have to stay in shape, and then you have—I mean, there's there's so much, and you have to do the appearances and the autograph sessions and everything else, and sometimes you have to do that shit on your day off, and there's no vacation. Of course, of course, I'm going to feel like garbage after doing that for even even just one year. I would I I don't know that I I don't think I could do it. So, yeah. So then it's no huge shock when when you have these guys dropping dead in their 30s and 40s who are seemingly in, in okay shape, well, they're not because they've pushed their bodies not to the limit but beyond the limit. And then to keep it there, to keep earning money, they have to be performing and they're injured and they're broken down and they're burnt out. So they find some other substance that can help them at least, at least for a couple hours not feel that way go out to the ring and be able to do what they need to do and then feel like shit as soon as that's over. Uh, that's a terrible fucking way to live. So hopefully, I don't know, AEW seems to be setting a uh, setting a trend of sorts. 
I know some of the wrestlers, uh, depending on status and whatnot, get health insurance and benefits and things. That's good. Uh, it seems like they want their wrestler, they treat their wrestlers like humans and want them to have a happy and healthy life. Want them to be performing and making money for the company, yes. But also, you need rehab, go. You need time away to go be with your family, go. Take some time off. Uh, so I, I, you know, there just seem to be like simple fixes though, staggering the, the roster and having, having it. So they're not all there all at the same time, all the time, all year, at least in WWE where they have a big enough roster that might AEW at this point might have a close to that size roster that they could do this as well. Considering they have a Wednesday and a Friday show and two online YouTube shows. Uh, yeah, maybe you could do, I don't know. Do something where some folks get to uh, get to choose to have a couple months off out of the year. But we don't like to pay people to do nothing. We, they need to be working at all times. Anyway. What? Alexa's talking to me from the other room. Anyway. Uh, that's all. It's just, yeah, life's tough enough as it is. I would like to... I would like for the younger wrestling fans who are the, the 10, 11, 12-year-olds who are just getting into it now as I was when I was 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, uh, I would love for those kids to grow up <laughs> and all the wrestlers that they're cheering for now who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s, uh, in 30 years from now, I would love for most, if not all, of those wrestlers to still be alive and just be old-timers. You know, like when you watch... You watch these Super Bowls and they bring all the quarterbacks out who are a million years old and they're still, you know, they're in their 70s, they're in their 80s. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it would be nice. There's there's like, I don't know, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, Iron Sheik. <laughs> I can't think of many other people who are still around from, from that from an era, from the 70s and 80s. There's so many who are gone. Jake the Snake, I guess, Hacksaw Duggan. Jake the Snake of all people is still around, which is like, boy, if you could have given me a choice between Jake the Snake and like <laughs> the rest of the roster, <laughs> I would have lost that bet. No offense to Jake, but man, that's a guy who's uh, he's certainly been in and out of uh, rehab and things like that, and it seems it seems like his life is in good shape now, which is great. He got you know Diamond Dallas Page helped him out years ago. Same with Scott Hall. Those are two guys who just. Uh, you know they somehow they somehow beat the odds uh based on their lifestyle they sh- both should have been long gone many years ago and i'm i'm glad they are still around uh but anyway those are the exceptions unfortunately <laughs> cuz many others had the same problems worse problems maybe not even as bad problems as somebody like Jake and Scott and they're they're long gone uh and I would like to – I hope that the wrestling industry gets to a point and is at a point and is really kind of turning the corner to where the kids who are my age now when I started watching this stuff 30 years ago, when they get to be my age, all the guys that they're enjoying today and the youngsters and the up-and-comers are – they're still around and they're still in good shape and still healthy. I think we're – I think we are getting there. Um 
I, I do think, luckily, I think, based on what I can tell, Moxley is, is again, another, an, an exception of a different kind. Uh, whereas Jake the Snake and Scott Hall are the exception to the rule of, like, yeah, wrestlers are all going to die early because of drugs and booze and pain pills and everything else. I, I'm, I think, I'm hopeful in that John Moxley is the exception to the rule of, like, yeah, wrestlers are all into drugs and alcohol and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think Moxley's into drugs. I think it's just alcohol. Um, and he's clearly trying to get help. Whereas if this was 30 years ago, he'd just, he'd just fight through the addiction. He'd just, you know, he'd just show up drunk every night, do his job, probably be able to go on autopilot and phone it in and, and then have a, have a very unfortunate ending, uh, sometime in his late thirties or early forties. Uh, he realizes that that's, I guess that's the good thing too, is the wrestlers of today look back in the last 30 years of wrestlers just dropping dead way, way, way before their time and saying, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. So I don't think most of the wrestlers are really, you know, have those, have those kind of substance problems because the lifestyle is different. I think it has improved, but eh, it could still use more improvement. Hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll get there. It's continuing to get there. It's starting to get there. It is, you know, it's better than it was 30 years ago. Uh, but uh, hopefully it'll continue to do that. AEW seems to have all the stuff in place saying like, hey, man, you need to go into rehab, get help, go do it. Even though you're on TV tonight and we need you for these matches, there's nothing more important than a human being. So go get help. We'll have <laughs> – that's just wrestling. We can get another wrestler and, uh, and have a different match. It's all good. Uh, it's not the end of the world. WWE, again, paying for rehab for, for wrestlers is great, but I think there's a pressure that exists there that's different than any place else. I would imagine Vince McMahon being somebody who is a unknown uh, workaholic, a serial workaholic who sleeps you know three or four hours a night, is up at all hours doing business, making calls, texting, everything else. Uh and just has been going nonstop for 50 years. <laughs> um, that probably, when you have a, when the guy running the show is like that, he usually doesn't expect uh, much less <laughs> from everybody else. <laughs> so I would guess, it's not to say Tony Khan, who runs AEW, is not a workaholic. He is, but also a, probably a little more reasonable would be my guess. But anyway, uh, yeah, but things... Things will hopefully continue to improve. Moxley hopefully will get the help he needs, get back and you know get back in the ring when he's ready, and, and you know or not. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the I, I can't imagine that he's done with wrestling. I I highly highly doubt that. But you know maybe that's once in a while some of these wrestlers go away and they say you know what maybe I'm just not uh, maybe this business just ain't for me. Uh, and I know the, the business is, itself is a drug. That feeling of walking down the aisle, crowds cheering for you, chanting your name, singing your theme music. I mean, that's that's a rush in and of itself. So, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a hard one. I'm sure it's a hard one to give up. There aren't many who just leave the wrestling business. And the ones who do are the ones who have usually put in uh, a decade or so and have done everything that they can possibly do 
and then they, you know, the the Batistas and those kind of guys who go off and they do something, they do something that's as lucrative, if not more lucrative, than wrestling, and then they come back. But in any event, they still come back. The Rock still comes back from time to time. Batista still comes back. John Cena still comes back because that's that's what they do first and foremost. But it's also, yeah. That's a it's a fucking it's an addictive drug from what they say. That rush coming through the curtain, having the place go crazy for you. That's I you know, you can't you can't bottle that up and sell it. So yeah, I get it. Anyway, all the best to John Moxley. He seems like a good dude. Not that that matters. He's a human being and he's a dad and a husband and he deserves to be well and be healthy. So I hope he gets healthy. I hope he comes back, but whenever that time is right. And that's all I wanted to talk about. Little wrestling, little John Moxley. Wish him all the best. All right, talk to you next time. Later, Gators.